0: Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman with you. Well, the Hutt City Council has backed a move to officially change the name of Petone to Pitaone. A significant decision by this council. And could it extend to other misspellings or renamings? For example, Hamilton to Kirikirua. Your thoughts? Also today, online gambling has become popular with secondary students just sitting at their desk just under half of youths aged 16 to 24 had gambled with that according to a 2020 New Zealand Health and Lifestyle Survey. Also on the show, free parking in the Hamilton CBD could be a goner. One man not happy about that. And uh, a New Zealand senior citizen fined $3,700 by Australian Customs for a chicken sandwich that she forgot about Uh, In her bag. Have you been caught with something going through customs? I seem to recall an issue I had with a forgotten mandarin. Also, a great new cover of a Pet Shop Boys song today. Is there an example of a song cover that is actually better? than the original. If there is, why don't you text me at 2101 and our email is the panel at rnz.co.nz and we will keep you up to date with any developments in this long running coalition arrangement. Our panel this afternoon, Nalini Baruch, founder of Lot Eight Olive Oils, former Pacifica businesswoman of the year. Nalini. Welcome to the panel. Hi, Wallace. Lovely to be here. Good to have you here. Also, Raj Orshi Chakraborty, novelist Shakti. His last novel was long listed in the 2021 Best Novel category of the Naya Marsh Awards in New Zealand. Raj,
1: welcome to the show. Kia ora, Wallace. Kia ora, Nalini. It's
0: on my to-do. It's
1: on my to-read list, Raj. Oh, thank it's you. It's on my to-read
0: list. Don't you, don't you
1: worry about that. They're available in libraries, as is uh, the Bad Smell Hotel, which I wrote with our daughter. Okay, well, I've got to say, you can get in the library? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in uh, Wellington Libraries and in Auckland Libraries. Thanks, Wallace. Thanks for your interest.
0: It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Uh, I'm on a bit of a reading uh, jaunt at the moment, so I'm looking forward to getting into it. That's uh, Sharkley there uh, by Raj. Now, have you started your Christmas shopping yet? Or, like me, will you wait until the 24th of December to get it all done? Well, retailers are stocking up for the Christmas rush. They're even predicting a big jump in toy sales this Christmas, despite... The cost of the living crisis. and then there is this issue of trying to navigate the thorny world of branded toys. They carry huge weight, as you will well know, in the minds of children. With us is Otago Business Schools, Professor Rob Aitken, who specializes in marketing. Professor Aitken, Kyoto, welcome to the program.
2: Kia ora, Wallace and Kia ora, team. Um, yeah, nice,
0: nice to be here. Nice to have you on, Rob. Look, just to Bradley, I can clearly, I was thinking about this earlier, I can clearly recall a memory. I desperately wanted some Nikes when I was 10. Dad said, hey, what about these? They're called nickels or whatever, nickels. They look the same, son. They sound the same. Why didn't you get them? And it really upset me, Rob, that he did not know the difference. <laughs>
2: I think, I think you lost that battle a long time ago, Wallace. Um, it doesn't matter whether they look the same, whether they're made by the same people, whether they've got the same materials. Um, if they haven't got that name, then you've lost.
0: Yeah. Um, it's interesting, though, is not it? Because I can imagine a huge amount of research goes into branding an item.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Right from right from the very kind of inception of an idea, all the way through, it's kind of monitored, it's checked, it's evaluated, it's measured. Um, it's a, it's kind, I mean, quite often, marketing is people say, is it, a, is it a science or is it an art? I think when it comes to branding, in terms of a new product, particularly, and well, I guess even established ones, it's much more a science. It's extremely mm. logical and rationally kind of decided.
0: So, for example, take Lego. And Kobe, everyone here has heard of Lego. Maybe a few have heard of Kobe. They are competitors. <laughs> maybe, maybe when they are competitors, is one necessarily better than the other?
2: Um, well, better in terms of quality. There's a, there's there's, possi- there's possibly a, a slight difference. I think in the in the manufacture of the bricks. Um, but, but not not appreciably so. Um, so so it's entirely in the mind of, <laughs> of the user. Um, really? and, if it, and again, it's the name. You're playing with the name, really. I mean, they both do exactly the same things. One is much, much cheaper than the other, much more yes. readily available. However, it is not competing. I mean, they are in the same market, but, you know, at opposite ends of the scale, I reckon.
0: Yes, there is that cost, isn't there, Nalini Brooke? Let's bring you in.
3: Yes, there is. I mean... Sorry, as somebody who doesn't have children, I feel totally out of my depth right now. But I'm sort of thinking of my own childhood where there really was no expectation. They owned, well, no, that's not true. The expectation was that on the day we'd have a lovely family day, often including going out for a picnic and having um, a mum cook our lunch at the beach. And those sort of things are what we grew up with. But, I mean, we this is a totally different world today. And, and children, as young as five years old, no brand understand premium brand Mm. so you know how do we manage children's expectations that's that's probably the trickiest thing for parents
0: Rob
2: (laughs) <laughs> well, you're, firstly, you're right about brand recognition for young kids. I mean, it starts as early as two in some of our experiments, but certainly by five, they recognise both the brand and some of the symbolic associations with it. Um, how do you, <laughs> uh, how do you, how do you manage it? Well, I think that very first thing you said. I mean, I think one of the things that's missing and needs to be reconsidered is is that family interaction. I mean, like you know, there's nothing wrong with toys. Toys are essential, but if you kind of choose toys that have some capability of interacting or joining other people or or um, being more kind of social, then I think you might start on that kind of pathway. Because, I mean, kids love that. Kids love that that interaction.
1: Yeah. uh, Raj? Yeah. um, You know, listening uh, or reading Rob's thoughts on on brands and their effect on kids kind of brought to mind this quite startling fact um, about a slightly older group of young people and an age group that our daughter is kind of moving towards. So, you know, her demands... Around Christmas now, are um, more about gadgets and devices rather than toys. But uh, there's this really startling thing, which I read in a New York Times article, that uh, close to 85% of American teenagers have iPhones rather than Android phones. And, mm-hmm. and that kind of really startled me because, you know, it's, it's known that iPhones are, tend to be more expensive than their nearest Android equivalent. And one of the reasons for that is um, that one of the things driving that is that if you're in a chat group and you don't have an iPhone, then your messages register in a different color. And it's kind of seen as a social death for your messages to turn up in a different color, which creates this incredible peer pressure to um, to have an iPhone. How about that, Rob?
2: Um, yeah I kind of find some of that <clears throat> quite scary, although mm-hmm. I guess you have to hand it to apple i mean 've they've, they've, in, in terms of design and in terms of branding uh, there aren 't many better examples of how you kind of monopolize a market despite the fact they 're not any better in terms of quality or you know, com- communicative ability um, but actually eighty five percent of teens are on gadgets um, and I think that's interesting. 85% of American teens are on gadgets and then less than 20% of American adults have passports. I mean, I'm not sure if there's a correlation there, but there is a kind of sense of connection that if you're just absorbed in a gadget and the gadget is entirely dependent on the social media platforms you're on, then it's kind of hard to kind of wound them off that. Um, so I think that, you know, that process of weaning off needs to, needs to start much earlier, um, to give some hope to prospective and existing parents that, you know, trying to provide, trying to provide toys that that have got some kind of creative, independent kind of capability, I I think is one way where you might start to break through a wee bit, trying to tell that, trying to tell your kids not to do that obviously doesn't work, doesn't doesn't work with my kids anyway. (laughs) Um. So I think it's kind of leading by example. But again, you know, the social changes, family interactions, family meals—they're not yeah. kind of in the way that they, you know, weren't constructed in the way they used to be. So it's kind of—it's difficult. In fact, you know, I remember I think a couple of years ago, it might, ironically, it might have been the warehouse, but you know, their kind of, their kind of um, Christmas kind of message was, you know, what's the best thing you can spend on your kids at Christmas? And they said, well, it was time. And I think that is really critical. I think that's crucial. And we learned some of that through the COVID um, consequences. But I'd I'd like to feel that some of that interaction that took place, whether it's growing things together or colouring in or making stuff or whatever it is, does still have some kind of place to play.
0: I love that notion, and that resonates with our audience here. Buying one brand over another for no other reason than brand is the essence of what's wrong uh, with our world. Disgusting consumerism consumerism, is Tom's point of view. But back to that mix, I think you're right about this too, uh, Professor Aitken, of that mix of that new, that branded toy and the old school. You know, just speaking to my experience, little junior, six years old, he loves his, (laughs) you know, Pokemon and Minecraft. But the the big thing right now in in our home is a very simple gift he got for uh, Christmas and that is the good old tic tac toe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yep. know, you, can, Dad,
2: can follow that up with paper scissors rock. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I play that all day, <laughs> non-stop. Rob, well, that I think that's a, that's a funny thing because um, some of the research is showing us that a lot of the toys that are being bought now are being bought by adults, A, for adults, and B, because they have some kind of nostalgic Mm. kind of recollection of the times they have with it. So there is a proportion of um, toy sales that are determined by adults remembering how much fun they had when they were kids. So that, that itself might be kind of reassuring, assuming that, kids, that present adults have the same or similar experiences with how you might play creatively.
0: Yep, three hours of, uh, three hours of paper, scissors, rock. That's my destiny. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Rob. Thanks for your time. Uh, there's Professor Rob Aitken uh, there. My son as a teen in the 70s wanted a named brand of shoe. I told him I would pay for the cheaper brand and he could pay the difference by earning the money. Ah, interesting, that's uh, Faye right, time for I've Been Thinking and Nalini Baruch, take it away
3: Oh, very simple Um, I'm forcing myself to think less Um, I, I know, this is going to probably sound quite stupid to some of your listeners but I just think in the information age we live in and the amount of information especially as we lead into Christmas and New Year is absolutely overwhelming me at the moment. And so what I've decided to do is put my phone on quiet mode for certain times of the day so it doesn't ring, I don't actually look at it when the text messages come in. It just allows me the time to put my thoughts together and just slow my thinking down, my heart rate down a little bit as well and just prepare myself for the crazy season that's about to come.
0: Very simple, extremely simple, but a really nice message. Nice to remind <laughs> oneself of that. Eh? Turn the alerts off. I, I, I do that by, f- by default because my phone's broken, so I don't get any defaults. I've got to actively seek them. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> Which is a bit odd and quite annoying. Uh, kia Nalini. Uh, Raj Chakraborty, I've been thinking.
1: Um, well, I-, I had the opportunity to travel to Europe recently. And um, and it was our first time there since we got a dog about three years ago. And what we were struck by in pretty much all the countries we visited, and people have commented on this in the past, which is how many more places dogs are allowed in over there than here in New Zealand, uh, be it shops, cafes, restaurants, and most of all, public transport. And over there, it seemed that the default was for dogs to be allowed in unless specified otherwise, whereas here, the default assumption is the opposite. And I was wondering if listeners knew more about the history of that. Uh, Why is the default in New Zealand one of prohibition when it comes to dogs?
0: We're going to come back to this on Friday. It's such a good one. Uh, Raj, Hmm. are we here in New Zealand anti-dog?
1: Well, I think if you compare... like the small practices of everyday life, it would seem like we have a lot more restrictions. Um, Nalini?
3: I was in a cafe in Masterton recently with my little dog, and it was getting quite warm. So I popped in, I said, could I have a takeaway, because I've got a dog in the car. And they said, no, bring your dog in. Oh. Honestly, I'm sure my mouth was open, and they were looking at me like, this lady's pleasantly surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. She's very well behaved.
0: I would love to hear from listeners on that. Uh, If if you've lived in Europe, or you've lived uh, around the world, you come to Aotearoa, and next thing... Your little dog or big dog can't go anywhere, whereas they used to overseas. I'd be interested in that. That's very interesting, Raj. Thank you. I'm going to follow that up. All right, uh, it is the panel RNZ National. A lot to discuss here with Rajorshi Chakraborty and Nalini Baruch.